This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Now, now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize the course is free, and we want you to know more about the course and how you can receive it. So we're going to pause now for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. in a world that, where there was darkness over the land. Their moral and spiritual world had been clouded with sin. But what about the world in which we live? We don't live in the first century world that Paul lived in. We live in the 21st century world. So what about the 21st century world? Well, we live in a world where uh, of spiritual darkness, and that's always been the case for people. Paul wrote in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, beginning in verse 10, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that we may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, listen to this, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. One translation says heavenlies, in the heavenlies or heavenly places. And so we are at war today in the 21st century we're at war with spiritual wickedness in high places. And that we don't need to get used to the dark now. I fear that sometimes Christians are getting used to the dark. But Paul said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We're living in a world where values have become confused. For example... Some don't know the difference in a male and a female. They don't know the difference. Well, a bull does. A chicken does. A dog does. A cat does. But some humans don't know the difference. You see, we live in a world of confused values. Kind of like Isaiah 5 and 20 describes those that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, light for darkness and darkness for light. You see, that's confused values. We also live in a world where life is cheap. There are 4.8 million people that live in the state of Alabama. Over 60 million babies were murdered 
since 1973, over 60 million babies murdered. And that would repopulate the state of Alabama a lot of times. I, I forget how many times. Life is cheap in our world. I had a man who had been a, in jail or in prison, actually, in, in Chicago. And we had been riding back and forth. And, and when he got out of prison, I, I went to see him and to meet him. And, and I took him to church service one Wednesday night. I never saw him again. I think it scared him to death. But anyway, he told me that when you're in prison, you become so hardened that taking a man's life is no more than stepping on a bug. Life is cheap in our 21st century world. We live in a world where might makes right. And that has led to, to murder. It has led to, to lies. People think that it's okay to tell a lie. They talk about white lies and black lies, but there's no such thing. But the Bible says that all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. There's, you don't get a pass because you're a politician and you can tell lies. Lies will cause you to lose your soul. We live in a world of, of lies and this attitude of might makes right has led to rape it has led to the persecution of Christians worldwide and even in America. We live in a world that has renounced God. That the 21st century world has renounced God. And they have replaced God with man. Paul wrote about that in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. He, he said... Because that which may be known of God is manifest unto them because God has showed them for the invisible things of him the creation of the world are clearly seen even his eternal power and Godhead. And then he says because in verse 21 because when they knew God they glorified him not as God but became but neither were thankful became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, verse 22 really describes our world. Professing themselves to be sophisticated. Professing themselves to be educated, highly educated. Professing themselves to be above the common man. Professing themselves, no, the text says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. We live in a world like that. We live in a world that's allowed the clanging symbols of, of sin to drown out the cries of our conscience. I, I, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.19, that a person can get past feeling. I fear that there are those that are past feeling in our country. They drowned out the, the clanging symbols of their conscience 
and their consciences become hardened and seared. And then we live in a world that is bent on being politically correct. I am not a politically correct preacher. This is not a politically correct church. But the world has been on being that way. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 30 says, Wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The, the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. The preachers bear rule. They preach because of what they're getting out of it. I made up my mind when I started to preach the gospel. Now, I believe preachers have a right to be supported. The Bible tells us that, right? But I made up my mind when I started preaching that I would preach the gospel if I had to dig ditches to do it. But these are that we're living in a time where we have the preachers preaching because of what they're getting out of preaching. Bang rule by their means. And the, the sad thing was that Jeremiah said, my people love to have it so. My people like to have it that way. Paul said, the time is coming when men will not endure sound doctrine, but shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall be turned from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, stories, tales. You say, well, what in the world can we do, Brother Lamb? We're living in an upside-down world, aren't we? So how do we turn the world right side up? And I have some suggestions this morning. And there's always got to be a benchmark, a place to you begin. And if we're going to turn the world right side up, you must begin with God and His Word. The world will never be right without God and His Word. Even the first president of our nation knew that, George Washington. He said it is impossible to rightly govern the people without God and the Bible. So where do you begin with God? What about beginning in the beginning? God created the heavens and the earth. 
We've got to believe in God, that God is, that God exists. As Paul told the Athenians, in him we live and move and have our very being. As Paul wrote to the Romans, let God be true and every man a liar. God is always true because God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. We began with God, but we began with his word, his revealed word called the Bible. Because it's not in man that walks to direct his steps. Jeremiah 10, 23. We've tried to guide ourselves in America. The world is trying to guide itself. But there is a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof are the graveyard. The ways of death, the text says. You know, we need light today, don't we? We need light in our world. We've got to come to God who is light. 1 John 1, 5. And so God is from everlasting to everlasting. The world may continue to go in the wrong direction, but God will still be there. And so if we are going to turn this world right side up, we've got to recognize God. We've got to come to believe His Word. If we're going to turn the world right side up, men need to know that this God loves them. As a matter of fact, God is not some some part of love, God is love. If you know how to love, it's because you learn it from God. God is love. In Jeremiah 31, 3, he said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16. And God commends his love toward us. Every person on planet earth has a right to know God and to know God loves them. They need to know God loves them. And that God gave his son because he loves them. Third, if we're going to turn the world right side up, now here's the hard part, folks. Men, and I'm using the term men generically to include women as well. I'm, I'm not using the, the word that's used in the Greek for, uh, I'm using the word anthropos, which means those of both genders. Men must be confronted with their sins. How are you going to save a sinner if a sinner is not confronted with their sin? Isaiah 58 and 1 says, Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. 
We need preachers today who will cry aloud, who will spare not, who will show people about sin. That's not politically correct, however. Then that sin rebuke before all that others may fear. 1 Timothy 5, 20. I think that's talking about elders, but I think the application could be made about anyone. In Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah said in verse 4, and this is, I think, descriptive of our country today, but he was writing about Israel. Ah, sinful people. Ah, sinful nation. A people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors. That have, got, that have gone away backward, that have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. Why will you be stricken anymore? Why will you keep on sinning, in other words? And then he said, from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, you're, you're, you're nothing but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores that have not been bound up, neither mollified with ointment. You see, they were just one great big old putrefying sore in the eyes of God. I, I kind of wonder sometimes, <laughs> through the eyes of God, how a world must look. All his sin, people. Come short of the glory of God. We've got to be confronted with sin. And, and we need, as the old saying is, tell it like it is. Sin will cost you your soul. The wages of sin is death. But I like the second part of this verse. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Eternal life instead of death. I like the, I like the latter, don't you? The eternal life part, don't you like that better? And you're here because you like it better. Eternal life. Men have to repent of their sins. We don't hear many sermons on repentance anymore anywhere. But, on, but, but when Peter was preaching on Sol, standing in Solomon's porch in Acts 3, he said, repent and be converted. Why do I need to repent and be converted? That your sins may be blotted out. The fact is, there is no blotting out of sin unless we repent of those sins. Say, well, I don't want to. Well, then you can take that up with God in the judgment. But the times of this ignorant, God winked at and now commands all men everywhere to do what? Repent, repent. But then... Fourth, if we're to turn the world right side up, men must hear and obey the gospel. You see, that was the answer 
to the world in Paul's day in Rome. This world that was dark, the gospel was the answer. In Romans 1.16, Paul said, for I'm, not, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Gospel is just good news about Jesus, life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel was the answer for turning the Jewish world right side up. When Peter preached to the Jewish people on the day of Pentecost, he told, when they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? He didn't tell them to come down to the front and to repeat, repeat a sinner's prayer. He told them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repentance, baptism for the remission of your sins. The gospel was the answer at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said, More bear than I declare unto you the gospel. He had declared the gospel to them at Corinth. And if you look in verses 3 and 4, he preached the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ to them. In Acts 18, we read about the, the church in Corinth. And verse 8 says, Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. Hearing, believed, and were baptized. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be Saved, saved. Took that gospel to turn the Corinthian world right side up. And it's what it took to turn the Philippian church right side up. When Paul answered that Macedonian call and he came into, and then finally he was, he was in prison for preaching the gospel there. And he preached the gospel to, to the jailer. And the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And he preached the gospel to him. And guess what well, the end result of the gospel was, the preaching of it that night was, that same hour of the night, the jailer and his household were baptized. Now listen to this. I want you to listen to this. If you don't remember anything, and you won't remember much about my sermon, I know that. I know that, but I hope something will stick. A little bit will stick here and a little bit will stick there. You see what I'm saying? That's what preaching's all about. Listen to this. There is enough power. There is great power. There is sufficient power in the gospel to turn the whole wide world right side up. And that's the reason Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
but friend, for your world to be turned right side up, you need to have your soul insured. You know, Jesus said, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and, and lose his own soul? You ever thought about losing your soul? Have you got it insured today? There, there's a preacher went out to, to spend the day with a farmer. And the farmer was showing the preacher around his farm and he showed him all of his expensive equipment. If you were to go some of these farms around here, they've got, oh, I've seen some of their equipment, thousands and thousands of dollars so they've invested. So this farmer showed him all the equipment and, and he said, I, because of the cost of it, preacher, I've got my equipment insured. He showed him his barn. He said, that barn's insured with everything else. And he said, I, I was able to even get some, some insurance on some of my cattle. They, they're pretty expensive, and I've got some insurance on them. And after he'd shown him all around his farm, he had this insured and that insured and this insured in case of a disaster and that afternoon they were sitting on the front porch and the preacher said, you know, you've shown me about your farm, you've shown me about all the things you've got insured. I just have a question I want to ask you. Do you have any insurance on your soul? Do you have any insurance on your soul? If you've never been baptized into Christ, we'd encourage you to do that today. If, you, if you're a member of the church, you've been baptized, but you just need the prayers of the church. Maybe you're going through some tough times. All of us are, but maybe yours are, are, are just to a point that you need some help. Well, we're here to help you.